I'm glad you could be here today. And uh, there's something I want to remind the kids about. Uh, you know, we said that whenever this new year started, the last Sunday of each month, you were going to come up on the stage and sing. I hope you're prepared. And what I would like to ask you to do, if you want to come up and sing on that last Sunday, be here the Wednesday before the last Sunday so that you can practice so that you can know what the songs are. And I'm looking forward to hearing you sing. And uh, be sure to tell Grandma and Grandpa and your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and all your friends that you're going to be performing. That's what Juanita's been telling us, she's going to be performing. <laughs> and uh, see, she's got all these other people here going to go watch her. Maybe they'll come to church. Maybe they'll get back in church. But uh, you kids can have a great influence on your family because they love you and they want to see you. And, you know, I know there's not very many here today, but, and really, though, if we stop to think about it, it shouldn't really be a surprise because the Bible tells us this is going to happen. He says, in the last days, there will be a falling away. Before Jesus comes back, there's many people that use the excuse of, well, I don't want to get out and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. But yet, they get out and go all the places they used to. Still doing the same things they used to, they're just not coming to church. And uh, so, anyway, they said that, that just to get ready because it was going to happen. And it's taking place. I've talked to other pastors, and they say that their congregations are down tremendously. They say people are just not getting out. Not coming to church. And sometimes, and maybe some of you experienced it. I did it one time. I went to church for a while. And then, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Missed a few days, and then it's so easy not to go back. So easy. And that's nothing but the devil. Trying to convince you, well, you don't need to go to church. You're okay with God. Don't worry about it. You better always worry about it if you're okay with God. Because one day, God's going to stand in judgment. And I hope He finds you not guilty. He's going to be the great judge. You know who that judge is going to be? It's going to be Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus Christ is going to be our judge. How do you, I thought God was. Well, you've got to stop and think a minute. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is God. But God the Father also told Jesus that he was putting all judgment in the hands of his son. So Jesus Christ will be the judge at the great white throne judgment. He's the one that came and died for us, took all of our sins upon him, gave us a new life, a new start. Therefore, if anybody be in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All the old things in his life are passed away. He is now a brand new creation in God. You started over when you accepted Jesus Christ. You started over. You are a brand new person. You're not that old person you used to be. And I know there's some in here, including myself, that when I accepted Jesus, there was such a change that took place in me, and I hope it's taken place in you, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to be in heaven. That's what... That's, just like that song, victory in Jesus. Jesus is our victory. He's our victory. 
He's the one that won our victory for us. We need to be in this church honoring Jesus Christ for what he did for us, giving him praise, giving him faith. We should be so ever grateful that we're not burning in hell because of Jesus Christ and his love. So that was just thrown in for you. No charge or anything else. But uh, I just want to tell you that I can remind the kids that the last Sunday of the month, if you want to sing, nobody's forcing you to. If you don't want to, don't worry about it. But you're going to come up here on this stage and you're going to help. You're going to show these older people how to do it. They need some help. And uh, so, if y'all would, if you can come that Wednesday for the last Sunday so you'll know what they're going to sing on that Sunday. Well, you can be ready. And uh, like I said, tell your friends, tell your grandparents, tell everybody, I'm going to be singing in church. Let them come and hear you and see you. So, but uh, anyway, today, uh, I'm on, I I was reading an article a lot of times, when I'm looking for something, I pray about the Lord that you want me to do. What do you want? And then sometimes I'll be just thumbing through stuff and something will grab my attention. Well, I was reading this article and it was one of those articles that hit me. This is exactly what God is doing in our lives today. Y'all saw the title of it. God is preparing you today for something greater tomorrow. God starts preparing you earlier. He wants you to be ready for what he's got for you. Uh, Whether you know it or not, God has a plan for your life and he wants to strengthen us so that we can be ready and do what he has called us to do. Uh, Here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, listen to what, what, what God is saying. He says, For we are God's workmanship. We're God's creation." We were created in Jesus Christ to do good works which God had ordained before that we should walk in them. In other words, God is saying, I knew you before you were born. I already had plans for your life. I know what I want of you. And I've got the plans that, of what I want you to do. In other words, you know, what I just read, God is saying that, that we are his masterpiece. We're special to God. His special work that he has created in Jesus Christ, he wants to put on the inside of us also and do the good things that he planned for us before we were born. Can you believe that, that God knew you before you were born? And God already had plans for you and what he wanted you to do? That's God. Just like God says, he knows the day of our birth, he knows the day of our death, he knows every hair on your head. God knows every single thing there is to know about each one of us. Things that we don't even know yet, God already knows. And God's got a plan for us. Uh, And you know, God's plans and thoughts for us are good. They're not evil. And we see this in Jeremiah 29 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And they are thoughts of peace, not of evil, and to give you a hope, an expected end. 
God knows what He wants for us. He knows what He has in store for us. But do you know God is not going to force us to do even what He wants us to do? God gave us a free will. He gave us a choice. We can say yes to God or we can say no to God. It's our choice. I hope you say yes. I hope you say yes to God. And I also, on that Jeremiah 29, 11, also did another. This, was, this one here that I just quoted was out of King James. This one here is kind of a little clearer in a way, but it's out of what I call God's Word. That's the name of this Bible, God's Word. And it, it, and it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, plans to give you a future filled with hope. Now that goes right along with the King James Version, except this here, it just says it in just a slight different way that God knows the plans for us and they are plans from His love for us. The things that God has for us to do. Sometimes God has to prepare us to do what He wants us to do. Sometimes we think we're ready. We think we're ready. You know, even a pastor say, oh man, I'm ready. And I'll get to study. And I said, wait a minute, I'm not ready like I thought I was. This wasn't, The things that I had in my mind and then what I read here are different when God says it than the way I was thinking. And I always want to go along with what God's Word says. Not what I think, not what I feel, but what God is telling me. And God has got plans for us. And I want to tell you about this article that I read that gave me the ideal for what I'm going to say to you today. And uh, this here is about a man that was uh, interested in visiting a logging camp. I know this sounds kind of dumb, but he was visiting in, in, in going to a logging camp and he went up into the Pacific Northwest because he was interested in seeing how the logs were chosen that would be making for the you know the finest furniture, the most expensive furniture. What method? How did they choose what logs that they would use? How did they choose them? Well, this man went up there and he got with this logger and this logger took him out. And he said, as the logs, you know, they would take and, and, and the logs, they would dump them in the river and they would float down the river. That's why they transported the logs instead of putting them on rail cars and this and that. They let the river just carry them to where they was going to go then they would divert them to where they needed to be. And uh, it, it said here that the logs came floating down the river and the logger, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he would reach out with his hook and get a hold of a log and pull it to him and he would look it over and then he would set it to one side. And then sometimes it would be a few minutes before he would get another log. He sat there and watched them as they would come by. And uh, that, that guy that was trying to figure out how they chose his logs, he thought to himself, I don't really see a reason in how he's choosing these logs. I don't understand what he's looking for. And after a while, he was standing there that logger and he said, I don't understand what you're doing and why you're choosing certain logs. 
The logger kind of looked at the man and said, these logs may all look the same to you, but I can easily recognize that some of them are very different from others. He said, I see the difference. As they come down, I can see the difference in these logs, and I know which logs that I need to pull aside for what I want to use them for. And, uh, you know, in a way, it's like we're talking about, this is how God sees us. We are different from each other. None of us are the same. None of us are the same. And God has something different for each one of us. You know, you, let me put it like this, you are somebody that's unique in God's eyes. You are different from others. No one else is like you. Your fingerprints are different. Your DNA is different. You are totally different from anybody else. That's just like these logs coming down the river. Each log was different. But this, this man, this logger, this, that was looking for something, he knew what he was looking for. He knew what he was looking for in these logs. Just like God has already got a plan for your life. He's already looked at you. He knows what you're capable of. He knows what you can do and what he wants you to do. Now what we have to do is ask God, God, what is it you want me to do? How can I please you, God? How can I best serve you? And uh, <clears throat> that logger, he looked at this man and, he, and the logger said, you see, the logs that I let go by and I did not choose came from trees that were grown in the valley where they were always protected from the winds and from the storms. And their grain is very coarse, very heavy, hard to work with. But he says, but the logs that I chose, the logs that I chose, that I knew would be good, the logs that I chose and set aside came from high upon the mountains where they were beaten, tested by the strong winds and the storms from the time they were very small. From when that tree first started growing. And that's just like what I was saying. God knows us from the day of our birth and before our birth. He watched us as we He knew what we could do. And sometimes we go through tests and we go through trials. And uh, it seems that, see, the winds and the storms are what made these trees strong what made them tough is they grew and it gave them a real fine, beautiful grain because they had to struggle. They had to fight through that wind and that bark and so become tight on them. And it protected that grain. And that logger knew that these were going to be the logs. This, these were going to be the things that he needed to make the most beautiful, the finest, and the most expensive furniture and stuff that he was going to make. He knew what he was looking for. God knows what he's looking for in us. Uh, these logs were set aside and saved for choice work because they were too good to be used for just ordinary lumber. They were too good. And that's the way God's got some of us. He's got us set apart because he's got a special work for us. Hey, I don't want you just out here doing this and doing that. I've got a special work for you because I know what you can do. I have chose you before you were born to do this for me. How many of you, including myself, have ever just, just sat down and said, Lord, 
What is it that you want me to do? How can I best serve you? One day, I was sitting down, and I don't know, it's like I said, we used to go to church, and then somehow just got out of church. But all of a sudden, I started just, it, it, it's hard to explain, but I started feeling something stirring on the inside of me that was telling me, go back to church, get back in church. It's like, I've got something for you, and I can't do it with you out here and doing what you're doing. See, all my life, I worked for Coors Beer Company for 15 years. Supervisor for them. I was on the trucks delivering beer. I worked for vending company. I was in these pool halls and beer joints and everywhere else, servicing the machines, the pool tables, the jukeboxes. And all that. It seemed like everywhere I went, I was where the devil was. And then one day, God spoke to me and said, I want you out of here. I want you out of here. I've got something else for you. But about several days later, I come into work. My boss called me into the office. I was the last one they hired. He said, Bill, you've done a great job, but I have to, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let some people go. We're just the, 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 the work is just not here right now. I'm going to have to lay you off. I know I surprised him and I said, praise the Lord. He looked at me. I said, thank you so much. You made this so easy. Because I was wondering, how am I going to get out of here? I, I mean, the man had been great to me. I didn't want to let him down. But I didn't want to stay there either. So God, it's just like God said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I left there. And I went to work for an oxygen company. I was going to people's homes that had to have medical oxygen, setting them up. And I got to talk to them about Jesus Christ. I prayed with them in their homes. And I'm going to tell you right now, there were a number of them oxygen anymore. I was telling J.B. I worked for a company with liquid oxygen. This liquid oxygen was so much more pure than just what these concentrators make. That, that liquid, liquid oxygen was like 99.9% pure oxygen. And it helped so many more people. I had them tell me, boy, this oxygen you're bringing me, I can tell all the difference in the world. Like I said, and all of them got off of it. But I got to pray with to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I did a number of funerals for them that had passed on. They were really bad. And they told their family, said, I want Bill to do my He knows me. We've talked. He knows my heart. He knows my feelings. I want him to do my funeral. And I did I don't know how many funerals for these people. And the family was always grateful. But see, that's why I started serving God, really. There's so many opportunities out there that we don't see. When I went to work at Oxford Company, I never dreamed I'd be talking to people about God, about Jesus, doing funeral services for them. But God already saw that. He already knew that's what I was going to do. 
I'll never, I'm never so thankful that I got to do this. Finally, I had to leave there and I went to work for another company. And it wasn't a Christian company, but yet I was still dealing with people. I was working for an office supply outfit. Calling on people, talking to them, and this and that. And I even, there was a number of them I even got to talk to about Jesus Christ. Even just out in the secular world. And a number of them said, Thank you so much for telling us about, about Jesus. I had them calling my company, said, Thank you for sending Bill out here. And I had my boss call me into his office. He says, what are you doing? He says, usually the only calls we get is when they want to complain about something. And the only calls we've had about you are compliments. Thanking us that we put you out there where they're at. I said, well, thank you very much. He said, no, thank you. He said, I don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to ask you, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. See, I never thought about working for God or being able to serve God in the way that I was and where I was at. But God already had those plans. And then it was from that point there that I went into the ministry. And I am so thankful for God. When I was floating down that river, God said, I want him. He reached out and he pulled me in. I've got a job for you. He's got a job for each one of us. If we'll just listen to God. If, he, if we'll just listen to him. Ask him, what is it, Father, that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? Whether you believe it or not, God will lead you in a direction. You may not see it right then, but just like I didn't see it. But then it's the way it developed. I knew it was God. I knew it was the way. I knew it was God. It couldn't have been nobody else. And you know, <clears throat> it was when these trees went through the storms and the testing that they were made strong and they were prepared for choice work. And like that's what I'm saying. This is the same thing with Christians. Sometimes we go through things. We don't understand it. We go, through, we go through testing. We go through trials. And sometimes we get mad about it. But if we'll just stop and think, God, what are you preparing me for? What is it you're preparing me for? God is preparing each person. If you will just say yes to God. Just say yes to him. Lord, I don't know what it is, but my answer to you is yes, I'll do it. That scared me to death when I told God that. God, my answer is yes. What you call me to do, I will do. I was never so scared in my life the first time I stood up my head. I was scared literally to death. God, what are they going to think? Lord, am I going to be okay? Is this going to work out right? Am I going to say what you want me to say? And before I knew it, I was through, and I don't even remember preaching. <laughs> but that's God. 
He says, you call up on me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you did not know. And God wants to show us all great and mighty things that we do not know. And I got to thinking, what if you was to ask Moses how he became who he was? What do you think he'd say? I think he would tell you about his trials and his dealings with Pharaoh, how that strengthened him, how his episode in the desert strengthened him. He would tell you, I had to depend upon God. There was no other way. I had to depend on God. He depended on God and God brought him through it. Oh, Moses made mistakes. But everything that Moses did was in God's plans. It was Moses led the people through the desert, but you know Moses did not let God take the people into the promised land. He said, wait a minute. Moses, I love you. You worked hard all your life. I'm going to bring you home. He says, but you've got a good friend that you've trained, you've brought up. His name is Joshua. I'm going to use him just like I used you. And I'm going to bless him just like I blessed you if he will follow me the way you followed me. See, that's the whole point. We need to walk with God just like our forefathers, like Moses. And then what about, what about Joseph? You know, I'd have been Joseph. I don't know if I could have ever served God or not. I get thrown in prison for false accusations. I spend time in Pharaoh's prison. Finally, I get out. And I go through a lot of other stuff. But God, I never thought you were going to make me number two in charge of Egypt. Joseph became the second in charge of Egypt. After all his suffering, sufferings, all of his trials, everything he went through, God said, I got a plan for you, Joseph. You hold on, don't you give up. Some of you out there right now are probably ready to give up. God, I don't know, I don't understand. God says, because it's not time. God's got a time. And our time is not God's time. We want it to happen right now. Right this moment. But God says, no, I'm not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And I often ask God, I said, God, why did it take you so long to bring me to you? And I heard these four small voices, because you was not ready. You weren't ready to accept what I wanted to do. I had to have a little more time with you. Maybe some of us need a little more time. We've seen what Moses would have done. We've seen what Joseph would have done. What about good old Peter? I think Peter would have reminded us of his denial of Jesus and what he went through, the heartache, the break, knowing he had made such a mistake. Would Jesus ever forgive me? Some of you, me, have made mistakes in our life. Can Jesus ever forgive me? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Just like he forgave Peter. You know, Peter was standing at the doorway when they brought Jesus out of his trials. Jesus walked right by Peter. And, and Jesus looked at Peter. He didn't condemn Peter. He wasn't ugly. You know, 
and Jesus by it, he was saying, Peter, I'm so sorry that you're having to go through what you're going through. But you just wait. Because it's all going to work out for the best. What we go through sometimes works out for the best. If you just put your faith and your trust in God. Peter became one of the strongest disciples that Jesus had. At Pentecost, it was, it was Peter that preached his very first sermon. And at that first sermon, you know there were 3,000 souls that were saved and came to Jesus Christ. Now I didn't have that many. But you know, there was a couple. But God has a plan for each one of us. All we have to do is say yes to God and then be obedient. And many of us say, well, God, I thank you. But surely you wouldn't call me to do that. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. He would call you to do what he has put in your heart. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? How do you want to serve God? God, if you've got something in your heart, God's already speaking to you. God's already speaking to you. And I'll tell you what, God wants to use you so mightily. You know, it's just like uh, all we got to do is listen. And sometimes we got to listen real close. Like I told you before, there's not usually a thundering and a roaring and a screaming and a hollering when God speaks to you. Usually it's very calm, very quiet, small, still voice, and you have to listen. You have to listen. You have to be attentive. You have to say, God, God, I want to hear you. God, could you speak just a little bit louder? I want to know what you've got for me. I want to know. Some of you Maybe you're facing some trials and tests in your life. Maybe you're going through something and you don't understand. Maybe God's got something that He wants you to do special. Special just for Him. And maybe God is preparing you right now. Maybe God's preparing you. Maybe you've gone through the trials and the tests. But if you will hold on, God is going to do something mighty and great in your life. He will. Put your faith, put your trust in God. That's what Moses had to do. That's what Joseph had to do. That's what Peter had to do. We've all got to get to that point. God, I trust you. I'm going to walk with you. <laughs> How many of us have told God, God, whatever it is, I'll do it. You know, how many of you ever just sat down and maybe prayed to God? Said, Father, not my will, but your will be done in my life. Your will. And who knows what God has planned for you. I didn't know what God had planned for me. But I'm so thankful. I said yes to God. God has blessed my life so much. 
not because of who I am, but it's because who He is. His understanding of us. Knowing we're flesh, we're human, we make mistakes. We've still got that sin dwelling on the inside of us. You ain't completely got rid of sin out of your body. In the flesh, you're always going to have that temptation. But you can overcome that temptation through Jesus Christ. We don't have to follow through with it. We don't have to do it. Moses could have walked away. He said, God, I've had all this. I won't. I'm not going to take no more. I'm leaving. He didn't do it. Joseph, oh Lord, you sent me to prison. I'm through with you. How many people have blamed God for things that God could have really blessed them with if they'd have just stayed with him and said yes? Peter, God, you'll never receive me back. I'm just going back, back out into the world. I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm not going to be serving you anymore. I'm not going to be walking with you. I'm going back to what I used to do. But he didn't. And Peter was highly blessed because he stayed with Jesus. We all need to stay with Jesus. I don't care what you're going through right now. Jesus has a plan. Let him fulfill that plan in your life. Let him make something out of you that he, he knows what you can do. He knows what you can do. You know, I'm going to say something and I hope I don't make him mad. But I am so proud of Zane. He stepped down because he knew he needed to. But he's still sitting right there. And he's coming back. I guarantee you, he's coming back. And he's going to be a different man. He's going to be a different person. going to be a blessing to this church. He's going to be a blessing to this band. Pray for him. Pray for him. See, that's where we make mistakes. We forget to pray for each other. Unless we put on a prayer chain. We ought to be praying for the church and the people in it daily. I hope you pray for me. Because y'all don't know what I go through many times. What I face. And some of the things I have to do that I don't like. But I do know what God's Word says. And I will follow God's Word. So if I do something, just know. And look in your Bible and see if I have not done what God said to do. I will always be obedient to God. I will always be obedient to God. I hope you will. I hope you will. I'm going to ask the band to come up if you will. But this was just something that was on my heart. I said a lot of stuff I don't even... was intended to say. But God just kept putting it there, putting it there, telling this, telling that. today and you're going through some trials and you don't understand it, come down to this altar. Let God speak to you. Pray to Him. Talk to Him.
Say, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to know what it is you want of me. I need to know. And I'll guarantee you, God will speak to you if you really want to hear Him. If you've got something going on, you just need prayer. I'll be glad to pray for you. I'll anoint you with oil and pray for you. You know whether you do or whether you don't. I'm not going to drag it out. I'm not going to beg you. But you in your heart know what you need. Give it to God and God can take care of it. I promise you. God can take care of it. So if y'all would...